week on the Koshcast. A once great manager returns to his former club in their hour of need. But don't worry, we won't just talk about Ranieri because Zidane's back too. In the Premier League, Spurs will be sleeping with Unai open after their loss and Arsenal's retaking of their own dance floor. Liverpool and City push each other one step further and while Wolves try to say nay, Hazard says watch me whip. All this, some corking moo-moos and much more. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the Kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex Roche is here. Yes, my name is Roche. Hello, everyone. No Oxford commas for that man. <laughs> Monad is here. Hello, everyone. How are you? Good. Fantastic. Not bad. Doesn't feel like only Monday. I feel like it should be like at least Thursday. Wow. I'm exhausted. Uh, always. Yeah. Always. Feels yeah. like it should be September by now, shouldn't it? Uh, yeah. I'll take June, like beginning of summer. Why go like three months in? Let's go June. We are missing Bernie. He is in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on a work trip or yeah. something. He said it was nice, just gloomy and rainy, and same as here. Yeah. Yeah. Today was, but, but we are getting above ten, like in double digits soon. In double digits. Soon. Double Can't digits. For the season. For the. <laughs> yes. Goals we're, and assists. we're outside of the relegation zone. All right. Well, this doesn't normally happen. Yes. But we actually have some relatively breaking news today. This happened like a few hours ago. Zinedine Zidane back at the Bernabeu. No one saw this coming. I don't no. think. No. Until the last few days when rumors started to surface. But no one thought that he would be back in management this quickly. And no one thought it would be back at Real Madrid. Well, the fact that he left, he, like, he, he left in, like, it was his decision to leave Real Madrid, which would make it seem even less likely for him to return. But, like, the rumors were more Jose Mourinho for a while. And even Jose Mourinho on, on his punditry stuff was mentioning things like, you know, it's a big honor when a team, you know, tries to hire you back. And he, he was, I think he was slightly expecting it too. Mm. And he got absolutely shocked. Th- that's the best part about the appointment. <laughs> I still haven't really fully processed the fact that Zidane's back at Real Madrid. Right. But I am extremely happy that Jose Mourinho has been shafted. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that is good. It does limit the, the... I mean, his options for clubs were small in the first place. Yeah. Although we're talking about Mourinho now. Yeah. But... Um, and now they're even smaller, which is wonderful. <laughs> well, the thing is, Mourinho is the type of character that would let it eat him from the inside oh, out. Oh, yeah. So you can know he's sitting there, like, furious, thinking about it. And to be fair, it is a slight slap to the face that they, you know, Mourinho supposedly is the much bigger manager, etc., etc. But they did go back for Zidane. And I think that is because the players played the factor here where they must have looked at it and thought, you know, Zidane had the changing room at, the, at its peak, at its most kind of... Um, cooperative and a team spirit, etc., etc. And Jose had it separated yeah. and and divided. So how can they re- bring back someone like that? So they had to go. With Z- I mean, they didn't have to go to them. But you also think about other options. Who is really there? I mean, Pochettino was talked about a little bit, but other Conte. than that, yeah. Well, it's hard to really think about a serious candidate with what ten games left in the season now. Yeah. And Madrid don't really have much to play for except just qualifying for the Champions League next season now, which they probably would have done anyway. Yeah, I, I guess you can say. I mean, I, guess I don't know. They probably will. I don't know. It was yeah. starting to slip, man. Mm, they're not going to get taken over by Hetafe. I mean, Hetafe doing miracles but come yeah. on but even after you you know you've heard of the rumors of the bust up between Ramos and Perez after the uh, the Ajax game it, it could slowly unravel especially if players kind of let the season kind of just go and they're not really playing for anything anymore I know we do say they won't try and get top four but if you've got a Modric who's maybe thinking about where he's going to play next season you've got a Marcelo that thought he was going to Juve and a Bale that is pretty much out of the game and an Isco that sits on the bench that's a lot of players that might not have had 
you know, might not have been up to this top four fight. So this yeah. was a good appointment, I thought. This was a good timing, and this will get them into the top four it's, most likely. It's also a good appointment for Zidane himself because it, this will make him look good. You know, oh, yeah, just ending sure. the season on a high after he left, you know, the previous season. But also, this Real Madrid team is at the end of a cycle. Like, their primary squad members, Marcelo, Ronaldo Ramos, last season, yeah. they're all, they're gone. They're, they're aging, they're fading, Modric is going. He's but, 33 now, so. But we said that so many times during their four out of five Champions League runs where it yep. felt like up till December that they were not going to achieve anything. And then all of a sudden they go on and win another Champions League. But, but they um, weren't really good in the domestic league. No. True. No, they, they, they haven't come close to winning the league for years yeah. at this point. I think, Rache, you said something that has a point, which is they don't seem to have the legs for the marathon, but they did for the sprints. Like, the knockout games, they were up for it. That one game where you need to shine, you shine. Yeah. And then the marathon in the league, when you go play whatever, Hetafe and Levante, whoever's still in the league, you're just like, ah, you're not really up for it. You're tired. You know, that's kind of when you relax a little bit. But let's talk about Zidane a little bit, because I think online there was some rumors about, like, kind of his um, requirements turn mm. as accurate or inaccurate they are they're still interesting to kind of think about them a little bit one of them is that Isco and Marcelo can go yeah I he, he loved Isco he made Isco a, an absolute focal point for that team which is going to be really interesting because Isco has been completely frozen out for the last well I, I forget how much he played under Lopetegui but under Solari right. he's not even in the squad huh. he didn't even travel to for the Ajax game um, refused to go to a team meeting etc so that will be interesting Marcelo thing I understand why Zidane would want to keep him, if this is true. On the other hand, it does kind of feel like the right time for Real Madrid to move on from Marcelo. Especially that they do have a really good replacement in... Reguilon? Yeah. He's been playing amazing. He's yeah. been putting Marcelo on the bench. But um, the other thing yeah. that they were mentioning was... Um, um, like, he has full control of the team. Makes he sense. can sell whoever he wants to sell, etc., etc., which which all makes sense. He, he will have the dressing room. I think he'll do a good job. They'll qualify for the Champions League. They'll be just fine. And to Alex's point, whether it's the right time for Marcelo to lead the squad, it's arguable, but it's, it's hard to say that he should be completely removed and never seen again. Well, there's not be, really much in between. I, I, the thing is, as much as Reguilon is being a very good servant to the club so far... There will be a few games where he needs to take a rest. So you, it's sure. a good rotation option. I'm not saying they shouldn't buy another left-back as well. I'm just saying Marcelo is a fading force. And if you want to try and be a bit more secure defensively, you know, that, right. that's a good place to start. Yeah. I, I, has, sorry, I have a question. Has anyone in the history of negotiations <laughs> had more leverage no. than... I mean, maybe the Allies after World War One, yeah. Like the Treaty of Versailles. Yeah. No one has had more leverage than Zidane in this negotiation. It's crazy. Like, Perez begged him. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Like, He's like please it, don't let me hire Mourinho again. <laughs> well, it felt like when Zidane left, it felt like he left on his own accord because he knew where this team was going. He knew that yep. Ronaldo was getting sold. He saw that this team was just not going to perform. And he didn't, selfishly or not, he didn't want to be associated with that failure. Now he's absolutely turned it around a gazillion degrees by saying, well, I'm the savior. You've called me back. And let's see what he does. I think this might really give us an insight on how good is Zidane as mm. a manager. You know, no Ronaldo to get you the gazillion goals in the Champions League to win you four out of five or three out of four, whatever Zidane won, etc., etc. So I think this will actually really show us um, how good he is. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know if Zidane should have taken it. I just feel like maybe, you know, hold off for a big thing. PSG is going to be available soon. I thought, um, you, I thought Juve was the thing. Well, that's and what, I think, that's what I think, Ronaldo thought too. Yeah, possibly. I think this is... Probably Allegri's last season. 
and I think it, it was just tailor-made for, for Zidane to, to step into that role yeah, yeah. and win, possibly win them the Champions League, which would have been unbelievable. But, yeah, there you go. I feel like it's great for him. Sure, sure. I mean, if he performs, it will be great, especially this whole savior story. He is the savior. Well, not, well, not yet. He's perceived as a savior, but he still has to do it. Sorry, there's one thing we haven't mentioned yet, which is the jeans. Oh, yeah. What is he doing? Did uh, you see what he was wearing? It's like he's, he's in 2003 as a 13-year-old. Midlife crisis. I, I mean, his p- kids must be like, Dad, what? <laughs> Why? Qu'est-ce que c'est? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I think it's not even the look. It's how tight those jeans were that necessary. got there. They are so tight. Well, actually, about the tightness, his legs are thick, so like they're going to bust out of any jeans. Sure. Well, that is true. <laughs> Let's be real. But like... You sure. know, <laughs> I, I, he he doesn't have like perfectly tailored clothes, but this is the style now. It's like as tight as possible. Uh, yeah, but that's Maybe gonna cause statement. that's gonna cause he's clotting. just too old. It's a statement from Zidane that says I'm gonna show up in whatever clothes I want. You, right. you need me. You can't do kick ups though. You no. gotta be ready for action. You know, no, when he, you're probably, a manager. he probably can't do it. Yes. I, I bet you he's still Real Madrid's like best midfielder. <laughs> I mean, you've probably. seen their training videos. He's like doing these. Like, oh, he kills it. One touch, two touch training. But can you imagine being in training with Zidane like? It must be crazy. Inspirational. Anyway, uh, inspirational. Um, Ranieri as well, just on a slighter note. So, yeah. How uh, does he keep doing this, man? Uh, what, who is his agent and can we get him? He is racking up the air miles. Okay. He is just... He failed at a number of places, yep. then went to Leicester and won the league. And let's not take any credit away from him, but it sort of felt like they did it themselves. It's absolute one-off. Too. Yeah. Like, yeah. And... Then I know that is taking all the credit. That is from taking him, all the but, credit. <laughs> but they finished. The, the only reason I say that is because they finished the season before by winning like thirteen games in a row, yes. or something mental like that, and they just continued doing. There was that Buddhist. They stuff. were the first yeah. team to survive relegation despite being bottom of the table. Right on and Christmas Day. Exactly. Um, so there was some momentum there. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> and then he went where to Nice yep. and failed miserably. Yeah. And then he went to Fulham yep. and failed miserably. And now he has control. Of for six months, admittedly, one of the biggest clubs in Italy, in Europe, it's mad. Yeah, it's insane. But I mean, he he has been the manager before. Same thing as Zidane, and I don't know how 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 their fans will feel about this. Again, like you said, it is six months, but it's almost like you know, it's it's for him to lose. It, it, if he does well enough, he might he might just keep it. Um, and Roma did win um, their first game two one. I don't know if he's kind of in charge of this one yet. Yeah, yeah, he loses his first game. Okay, nice. So Vardy and Mars with the goals. <laughs> <laughs> pizza. Oh, I mean, the after, you know, clean sheet pizza in Rome is going to be a lot better than clean sheet pizza in Leicester. Oh, that is true. Yes. That is true. But they can't handle it when you put extra chili flakes on them. Yeah. yeah. And also, how do you say dilly dong? Dilly, what? Is it dilly? dilly ding, dilly dong. That already sounds Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I don't that's think it's Italian to... whatsoever. It that just... sounds so English. No, but when he says it, yeah, dilly ding, dilly dong. And then the hand motion comes yeah. in and you're set. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I think what is possibly the most interesting thing about the Arsenal-Manchester United game was how rubbish both goals were. It almost makes it more satisfying. Well, I mean, what happened was Arsenal had the better keeper on the day. That's pretty much what it came down to. I mean, United had enough chances to score yeah, oh, goals yeah. there. And Leno just had, I think, his best game in an Arsenal shirt. He did, and Lukaku... 
given his relative recent form, had a terrible day. That's true. And also, I mean, it's nice to see the Leno thing happen because De Gea so many times has come up with huge performances against Arsenal and robbed them from deserved wins. Um, Leno kind of did something similar this time. But I want to go back to the beginning of the game for um, a lot of injured players came back for United um, this game. Well, Pogba was, uh, was um, suspended in, in Europe after that amazing 3-1 comeback against PSG. I know we didn't get to talk about it, but that was... I mean, phenomenal, I'm sure. We'll get there later in the program. Okay. But Um, yes, a lot of players were back. Pogba was back. Matic was back. Uh, Yes. I think that's pretty much it, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Lingard was still out. And Martial was on the bench. Oh, yeah. Martial was back. Martial was on the bench. Arsenal also started with a really unexpected formation. We had Ramsey in center mid next to Shaka. Which is the first time Emery has ever played Ramsey there. Yeah. And we had Ozil, Lacazette, and Aubameyang all on the field. Add that to Ramsey, it's quite an attacking lineup, um, even though it was still five or three at the back, however you want to look at it. Also, I think Mkhitaryan being injured for this one last minute did change some things around, because I'm sure he's been one of our better players in Lewiston weeks, and I'm sure he would have played if he was fit, and that might have not allowed for this kind of formation to happen, but I think Emery got this one absolutely spot on. He brought Maitland-Niles back at right back after not playing him in midweek in the Europa League that lost to Rennes. Uh, 3-1. Horrendous loss. Yes. Emery, Emery absolutely got his tactics spot on for this game. He knew that United would be suffering uh, fatigue after their Champions League victory against Paris. And Arsenal did not give United any time on the ball to settle. They they pressed them from behind. They uh, Whenever United broke through the lines, the strikers would come back Aubameyang countless number of times, dispossessing Rashford or whoever was in the midfield. Yeah, the effort was definitely there from yeah. Arsenal. And also... But, but there was no pockets of space. Even when, even when Arsenal didn't have the ball, they were just slotted in perfectly in the gaps. To kind of back what you said, I mean, we had Ramsey in centre mid who ran approximately 13 kilometers that game, which was insane. Just the, the amount of energy that he put in. You had Shaka next to him who actually had one of his best games. Again, again a lot of things just... Fell into place for yeah. Arsenal's game. Leno, Shaka, Ramsey. They, they did. And that, that's actually something that I noticed during the game that I wanted to comment on. Which is that Ramsey did play in central midfield, ostensibly. But when you said that he was next to Xhaka, he rarely actually was. Ramsey still did his thing of being... I don't know whether it was undisciplined or whether he was told that he had more license to go forward. But when you looked at his, his position, he was often 10, 15 yards ahead of Xhaka. Which almost left Xhaka on his own in the defensive midfield spot. And Arsenal were much, as you said, Roche, much better at getting back and helping each other out in this game. The effort was there as a, as a collective. But I thought we kind of saw why Ramsey isn't often used in that position because he does find it very hard to stay where he's meant to be. Yeah, he's got too much energy to stay. Um, another player, Lacazette, mm. played very well out of his skin as he well. He really did. Um, Lacazette has been one of our better players this season where he just he showed a lot more to his game than he did last season. Um, he looks fitter, he looks stronger, he looks faster, he looks hungrier, more confident. And there was little moments in the game where you could see also his footwork was something that maybe people don't expect him to have. But he had some really good moments where he, his first touch is really good and he, he's a smart player too. Um, and yeah, no, he had a fantastic game. Yeah, it was, it was more, uh, how do you say, impressive because there weren't many chances, mm-hmm. clear-cut chances, and weren't many saves that De Gea had to make. You know, we've seen De Gea being bombarded at the Emirates Stadium. It didn't happen this time. But the Arsenal strikers actually put in more of a shift defensively in this game. Yeah. Which was a tactical change because Arsenal had a good league run going into this game. They just lost that game to Rennes in midweek. And that was the only blip on the radar. So 
they were looking for a response in this game, and they got it. Right. Yeah, and nine, I think it's nine wins in a row at home for Arsenal. So, I mean, I would never. The Emirates hasn't really been a fortress, I would say. I mean, right. Arsenal are always better at home than they are away, but this is quite an impressive run, and it's timed to perfection if it continues. Yeah. Um, and then we had the whole uh, penalty where, you know, we know like uh, Aubameyang missed it against Spurs recently. Yeah. Was, was it a penalty? No. I'm not so sure. No. I thought it was soft. But the more you hear people say in midfield, you never, you would never say this. that's not a foul. Like, it, it's, only, it's only highlighted because it's in the penalty box. But I think at that speed, a little push takes you over. Now, whether there are funds to call that or not, I, th- I think, I don't think you would argue if it was in center midfield. So... <sighs> It's it's fifty fifty for me. I wouldn't be upset if it wasn't given. Let's yeah. put it that way. I, so okay, I've seen that argument said. If, it was, if this was in the center of midfield, you wouldn't care. You you know you wouldn't blink at this being given. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I also just think it's wrong. And, and the, as the rules are right now, I understand that this is a penalty, but it really shouldn't be. And I, we've been talking about this quite a lot in recent weeks, where the penalty is a massively disproportionate reward for the situation. The, the foul or the handball or the whatever it is that takes place. And I think, and I was talking to this as well with um, Dan Rouse, who we've had on the pod. Mm. Um, I really think we need to see a lot more indirect free kicks in the box. <laughs> no, I really do. because well, just remove the box. Or, well, yeah, or just well. or remove the box. No, it's just because there are so many times where something is happening and it's not necessarily that a goal-scoring opportunity has been prevented or that a goal has been prevented. It's just something has happened that is in the penalty area and it's not know, a penalty. It's not a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it shouldn't. It shouldn't result in a free shot from twelve yards I out. I, I was discussing this with a group of friends recently, saying a pen, like a goal, is the most valuable thing in football. Yeah, and a penalty is a goal. So you're awarding like sometimes you get a little nick of a player going completely the opposite way at the corner of the box, which is diagonally like 25, 26 yards away from goal, and they get a goal from it. Exactly. It it sounds overpowered. And, you know, someone suggested, well, it's almost like basketball. If you're not in the motion of shooting, then it's not a penalty. But then good luck with the referees getting that oh. right. The other thing is, to Alex's point, make the box maybe a little smaller. Maybe the player doesn't, like, so far away. Again, then, you know, someone was arguing, well, defenders just need to be more disciplined. They need to not jump in. They need to kind of defend smarter, better. And there's a lot of arguments on, you know, yeah. recently on what's a penalty and what's not a penalty. But... And this season in particular, it's been all over the place because of VAR coming into the equation. People are getting penalties off corners from shirt grabbing now. No. Yeah. So we've just seen that happen this season. So it's kind of like all over the place. It's not consistent anymore. It, totally. And, and which is understandable because everyone is trying to deal with these new rules yeah. that get implemented every year. But I just think as a defender, it must be impossible almost to know what to do for the best in any situation. You've got players running all over the, all over the place. You might be trying to play offside, and God knows what offside, what the offside rule is. Uh, change it seems to change every week, or every referee has a different interpretation. Mm-hmm. Then you might, you know, as Fred, Fred doing what he did wouldn't have been thinking, "Well, this is going to be a penalty." Right. He's just challenging the guy for the ball. Yeah. And there are just so many situations that a defender has to take into account, and it must be so frustrating. And 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 Peter Schmeichel had a really good point. He was he was a pundit this weekend, and he had a good point saying, which is exactly what we're doing now. He said. It's really annoying how every game has boiled down to talking about 
penalty decisions yeah. and referee decisions. PSG United was a, was one of those. Right now we're talking about this, and it's like he's just like I really wish there was a way we can take that out so we can actually talk about football. Like Agreed. talk about how well Arsenal played, talk about how the changes that you know things like that. But unfortunately, every week we're dragged into this refereeing conversation, and it's you know it's not really what we want to be doing. No, in which case let's move on to the substitutions that got made because this to me was one of the funniest parts of this game. Uh, Unai Emery. I think had his first banterous moment as <laughs> Arsenal manager in that he brought on Denis Suarez who is hasn't played at all in the, an Arsenal context a completely pointless player yeah and Eddie Nketiah who is Arsenal's third choice striker and I think has probably played two minutes of Premier League football ever and, and there was no need to bring him on yeah it was it was purely a banterous it, it was still really weird like it was almost like it was. He thought, well, the game's over. I'm just going to give these players kind of a confidence boost, give yeah. them my backing and just say, you know, go on and have, have a run around for 10 minutes. Because, you know, Inketi is coming on for like, is that, like is that's not going to play midweek because he's suspended in the Europa League. So obviously he could have played another 10 minutes. It's not a big deal. But you're right. He just chose to bring those players on, less so from a tactical point of view. Yeah. And I don't know what really. Just to um, rub it in, I but think. But to be fair, this is the first time I saw Dennis Suarez show yeah, glimpses of ability. He had two really good dribbles, getting past Pogba one time. And Speaking of Pogba, I thought he needed to step up way more than he did. I mean, he, he missed the game in midweek, so he's fresh. Um, he can't let a player who I think much more inferior to him in Shaka dominate in the way Shaka did dominate him. Yeah, it was, it was one of those games for Pogba because the game got away for United. You know, they had a chance early on. Lukaku hit the crossbar. If that had gone in, it was 1-0, and it was a totally different game. Mm. But it went on, you know, Shaka got his goal, and it was completely out of nowhere. How do you feel about De Gea and that goal? Because uh, it's a split opinions. I feel like De Gea really, he wasn't focused fully. Because I think, maybe, you know, the ball swerved, yes. But, you know, De Gea, the De Gea that I know, or United well, fans the best know, in the world, right? would have anticipated that swerve. Mm. Well, sorry, what do you mean it divides opinion? Because, I mean... He's brilliant. He made a terrible, terrible mistake. He, he deals with a shot with that swerve on it. Like that, that wasn't an uncommon technique. Uh, well, that, that's where it divided opinion. Just, I, thought, I thought it swerved quite a bit, to be it honest. It did, like, but I, I agree, but it's not something that goalkeepers don't deal with every week. Right. He, he overcommitted, yeah. for sure, to one side. He overcommitted. It was, it was a bit, uh, how do you say, nonchalant by the hair mm, to right. go down. Which is why you're saying the concentration level yeah. maybe at that moment wasn't there. Well, because we'd actually seen Arsenal take a lot of long shots before that moment. Right. And the United uh, defense was happy to sit back. Right. Yeah. Um, just to put things into context before we move on from an Unai Emery point of view, we've got a table here from kind of how compared to last season at the same point of the, of, of the season. And um, in terms of an improvement in the league, he is um, he took Arsenal to the second best improved team. So West Ham are at a 30% improvement from where they were last wow, year. Wow, Pellegrini Manager of the Year award. Yeah, and then Unai Emery with 25%, 12 more points than where we were last season. And if you look... Not just overall. If you look at the top six, when we played the top six, we've played all the top six now. We don't have any more top six in the run-in. Only that Liverpool game that was slightly embarrassing when they just routed us, whatever it was, four or five or yeah. whatever it was. Other than that, Arsenal have won, I think, every or not lost any of the top six games at home. They've done significantly well in all the other ones. So he's already changed so much in terms of how we approach the big games and kind of that confidence we have now. I'm not as... You know, I don't give up on these games yeah. before they even begin as I did last season. Yeah. Um, so I think he's doing a brilliant job. Yes, there will be blips like Ren. He still has a chance to make up for it. But this will happen. It's still not fully his team. 
and he's still getting used to a lot of different things in the club. So I think it's I think it's going to be okay with Emery. Ramsey will be a big loss for Arsenal. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, but wait until Eva Banega walks through the door. <laughs> no way. <laughs> or Rabiot. Mean, it's possible. Or someone, we'll yeah. see. Um, just finally, from a United point of view. Um, disappointed with the team and or Solskjaer or had, does, do they have enough credit in the bank right now to just move on with this? I, I think overall you know it's been a great run they had what 10 wins and 2 draws in the league since he took over one loss to PSG but they ended up advancing in the competition yeah. after that um, so this is the first real loss it did feel bad on the day but you could just see that the squad was tired it's, it's been a complete turnaround and uh, you probably expect a response There's, but there are difficult games coming up so any kind of complacency shown by this team is going to be taken into question straight away because now now is squeaky bum time so if it really is the united of old we're going to start seeing that are yeah. you going to make top four um i think i think there's a very good chance with eight you're points two left. points away uh yeah tottenham are dragged back in it you're only three points away from tottenham so i th- uh, so united still have to play chelsea and man city in this run-in I think Spurs um, still have to play Liverpool and, and Chelsea City. or City. Liverpool and, yeah. Yeah. Liverpool and City, yeah. So, so there's a lot of things that could happen. But if United beat Chelsea, um, you know, it's really... I, mean, I think that's the game that's going to determine top four. United beating Chelsea and Chelsea and Wolves. Yeah. At, at this point, I would expect all of the teams in this race to beat the teams that they should beat. But the games against each other are going to be absolutely massive. Yeah, right. And it, it's funny, we were just talking about Wolves, and we'll talk about them maybe in a bit. But they've had... In retrospect, a massive contribution to the title and the top four race in that other than the top six teams, they're the only team that has actually done anything against these top six t- sides. They've, I don't think they've lost to, uh, to many of them. Yeah. No, no, you're right. So, yeah. Anyway, transition into that Wolves game. But yeah, we can talk about it. Let's talk about sure, it. But, but quickly, so yes. we all know the result here. Chelsea won, Wolves won, but Wolves also taking a 1-1 draw off United in early December. Or was it late November? Yeah, exactly. So They, they yeah. know how to do it against They the beat Bigfoot. Arsenal, I think, at home. Yeah, beat Spurs, I think. Beat City. Didn't yeah. they 1-0? Yeah. Or is that Crystal Palace? I can't remember, but Wolves had some really good results yeah. against the top six. Um, here they almost got away with one too at Stamford Bridge, I think it was. Um, one nil up for, well, all of the game, all really. The whole game. Um, yeah. Well, the second half, to be fair. Well, it didn't was in the 54th or 55th minute. Was it that late? Uh, was it? Yeah? yeah? Okay. I mean, it wasn't the second half. <laughs> but it's funny how, like, at the 91st minute you've won the game, and at the 92nd minute you've drawn the game. Like, it's yeah. always it's a, a cruel mistress. Oh, yeah. But um, I thought. Again, Wolves do what they have to do. They're solid. They're, they play with flair at the same time. And they really have come into this league wanting more than just safety. And oh. it shows. And they're playing some fantastic stuff. And Jimenez is a brilliant striker. Yep. Um, he just works so hard for the team. You think, you know, he's this flair kind of, you know, play, kind of player. But he actually puts in so much uh, mileage. He works so hard for his team. And, and it's, it's brilliant. I, I love watching him play. He's actually a really good player. What, what I loved about... That that Wolves goal is that the one twos with with uh, Jota and and Jimenez, at so many points it looked like it would break down. Yeah, like that had to be so perfect, and it wasn't yeah. even perfect. It was j- it was a bit lucky, but the little one twos were lovely. And then even when he's put through for the finish, it comes off like I think it was Aspilicueta or something, and yeah. loops perfectly over the keeper. Absolutely, um, just ninety nine times out of a hundred, you're making that run with your teammate yeah. down the field, and it's completely wasted energy. <laughs> yes, and this time it worked out. That's a big goal. Yeah, that's true. Massive. And and then um, again, watching Chelsea, it's really really hard to just watch how useless. 10 out of the 12 players are. 
Hazard and Kante are the only useless human beings that have any sort of form. You mean 12 players? You mean oh, sorry, I don't know. 9 out of 11. Why did I go 12? <laughs> 9 out so of 11. So the 12th man at Stanford Bridge. Yeah, well, they're useless for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, Kante and Hazard are the only ones trying to make anything happen. And then Hazard again, trying to just carry this team on his back. And they're just not good enough, unfortunately. Um, but he, with a brilliant solo goal in the 92nd minute. It, um, was, it was a brilliant goal. Although, I do feel... Wolves, having done so much mm. for so long, will be so annoyed to have let Hazard do exactly the thing that he loves to do, which is check in on his right on the corner of yeah. the box and fire it. Into, I mean, you, could, you saw it coming a mile away, and it was just. But, so but that's the thing with with, with great players that you, you know what they want to do, yeah. and you can't stop it. The Robins, the Messi, you know, like this is his move. The Ronaldo's, you know, this is his move, and you still watch him do it week in week out, and he does it right. It's true. Uh, Sorry, had uh, a couple of of interesting comments after the game. Uh, one was uh, a bit salty. It was very difficult to play against ten opponents in the last twenty five meters. They wolves were not organized. They defended very low. They didn't need organization in that case. That's a bit, yeah. That's a bit disrespectful. I it is actually. Yeah. I thought wolves yeah. were very organized. Uh, what do you think about Sari overall? Is he going to stay here past the season? I honestly have no idea. It doesn't look like it's, it. It's tough. It's a weird situation. I mean, I hope Chelsea break the trend and keep him for another season. It, it should depend on top four. Then I think that's what it is. If he doesn't make top four or five. He's out. I don't think five or six matters. It's either top four or not top four. It, it, yeah. It, I mean, yeah. It really depends on what Chelsea want to do and what they want to look like. I mean, we've heard for years that Abramovich wants to play good football. And that's the one thing he's never had. He's had success. They've won things. But he wanted Guardiola because he wanted the football to be attractive. He's finally appointed a manager that will only play that way. You know, he's uncompromising. But it will take longer time for players to transition and play that style mm -hmm. and he might need very specific transfer targets and so if you want Sarri to be successful you have to give him some time but Chelsea have no history of doing that so I, I really have no idea his next quote though was um, about Jorginho and there's obviously been a lot of chat about him he always kind of brings him up and, like <laughs> yeah. singles him out positive or negative but he always talks about Jorginho like he's mm. it's almost like He's been on Twitter, and he's, <laughs> yeah. like, responding. Yeah, yeah, it's true. He said, in the last 20 minutes, we played a new system, 4-2-3-1. For Jorginho, it's very difficult to play when the, when, the others, sorry, when the other players don't have movement without the ball. When I decided to play 4-2-3-1, Jorginho was not suitable. Now, for a start, I don't get the first half of this, this sentence. It's hard for anyone to play when your teammates aren't moving. Right. I, I don't know what that point is. Mm. But to tell me that Jorginho... A 50 million central, central midfielder can't play can't a 4-2-3-1. Yeah. I'm not buying it. Well, he's almost, he's almost, without saying it directly, he is trying to advocate for the fact that Jorginho has no physical ability. Yes. But That's we know pretty this. much what he's saying. But, but Cruz's and even Modric, even the top, top Jack center mids, yeah, like Rakitic, like good center midfielders have no physical ability. Fabregas made a career. Busquets, like there are enough examples out there that you can make it work you just have to stick to it and believe in it that's all especially when you have the cunt like, the problem is he doesn't have Kante next to him but if he does have a Kante yeah. it's just offset Jorginho <laughs> with a Kante and it's done but for whatever reason he likes what he's doing let's see how let's see where that gets him um, they are they have a game in hand if they win it they will be tied for fourth so they're still definitely you know, this, this race you know between United, Arsenal and Tottenham it's only it's Chelsea win their game in hand. It's only three points separating those four teams. It's crazy. Um, for it's crazy. two spots. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be fun. Well, let's finish the, the race for the top four before we turn attention to the title. Um, Spurs, a few weeks ago, my dad said that the wheels had come off. And I said, I don't think so. 
they've been they've had bad results in the last few seasons and managed to pick their form up again and maintain the top four finish. Uh, but this time it does is starting to look like it. But the last three league. games have been horrendous. Have they lost four out of the last five in the league? I think three. three they haven't won three in four. Of, it's yeah. just it's just the Dort- uh, Dortmund victories. That's they right. haven't won in yeah. four. Yeah, in the league. The thing is this though, it's actually almost the opposite of what you'd expect because Al- you you and the other both right. You like you're right in the sense that they got through the Ali the Delhi Ali injury. Yep. They got through the Kane injury. They got through Son being at the yep. n- whatever Asian Cup. They got through all the the things on paper. Yep. And then they got through it, and you think, oh, wow, this is scary. They're going to get Ali back, they're going to get Kane back, and they're going to go marauding up the table. And then the opposite happens. When they get all these players back, it's when they start to fall apart. And, and what's weird is that in the first half, it looked exactly like that. So Deli Ali was back, Kane was obviously there, Dyer was back in midfield. And the first half, they were brilliant. They carved Southampton open at will, and Kane, Kane missed two or three chances. I mean, their defending will, will come into question in the second half. But Kane could have put this game out of sight in the first half. And I'm not sure. He, when Pochettino after the game was, was pissed off that the players were arrogant, I think there's nowhere better to look than with Kane's attitude to the chances they had in the first half and the beginning of second. Because they were very good chances. And obviously as a top striker, you have to be able to miss and brush it off and go again. But it just, it just seemed too relaxed about having missed those, those really good chances to bury this game in the first half. And Southampton come back with two goals from the exact same players that almost did the upset at Old Trafford. Um, Valerie and Ward Prowse. Um, like, very similar game from Southampton. The only difference is that, you know, Spurs scored two less goals than United. Another beautiful Ward Prowse free kick. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, the technique he has when he kicks it and, like, falls into himself. It's just <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. yeah, good for him. Uh, two big, big victory for Southampton. Big, big points for big. Southampton there, and big points for the top four with Spurs. Yeah. Uh, with Spurs dropping you know, those three Spurs, points. Spurs, like, yeah, I call them bottlers or whatever you want, but now they're in the race for being in the top four. Yeah, Mass- like they massively. could actually be out of this top four massively. Well, and on I think- form. They're the ones that are going to drop out, especially with all the big games they they have coming up. Yeah, they, they have- are playing everybody. They well, they have Liverpool. Away City. and City away. I think they're both away, and they don't win at those stadiums traditionally. Yeah. Um, and I think, actually, in retrospect for them and for Arsenal, it will be good news that United beat PSG, because if United only had this to focus on, I think Arsenal and Spurs might be in a bit more trouble. Right. Let's do a little bit of uh, what do you want to do? Momo of the week or God of Fraud? What? What is he saying? <laughs> fraud? I don't. Know. I always want to rhyme fraud with goat. Let's fraud. do Mumu. Give you some time to to recover. That made Mumu. I be Mumu. One thing we are no sha. Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day Mumu go wake up. All right. So for Mumu this week, I got you. Uh, you lads, two of them. Let's see how you like him. So the first one, <laughs> it's uh, it's a brilliant account by me on Twitter, Sunday League FC, which just brings you all these clips from England Sunday League, and, and they're hilarious. Like highs, uh, lows. This is like the dream I wanted to live forever. Hard Sunday, Sunday League, League FC. Every yeah. but every day is Sunday. Mm. Heartbreak. Sometimes like, Rache does just look up like pub team names and send them to me. <laughs> I don't know what to say. This is what Shamrock this, Rovers. <laughs> wow. This is what this Twitter account is all about. So this one, they they posted a really nice video. This <laughs> this guy. Obviously, slightly tubby, you know, your typical Sunday League player. He is about to score the best volley you've ever seen. You know, that once in a lifetime, the Sunday League player gets. He absolutely connects. It goes flying into the keeper's right, and it hits the post, and it kind of ricochets behind the keeper. And he thinks it's gone in. 
Oh it no. hasn't. And the camera's from behind. He turns around. He's running towards the camera, <laughs> celebrating. He takes his shirt off, does a knee slide celebration. He is absolutely twirling that shirt over his head. The game is going on. He has no clue. Unbelievable. And then he looks back and clearly someone tells him. He looks back and from the sheer embarrassment, he asks to be subbed off. <laughs> <laughs> he is like that's fair I can't I need like he literally goes take me off now right. because like he, he just he's, his shirt is red he's turning more red than well he doesn't have a shirt on so well, yeah. he needs to get off this is soul crushing in its own way I almost but, feel bad I feel bad I felt bad a little bit but the longer he celebrated and how happy he was and like his tummy just jiggling as he celebrated <laughs> I just started to go honestly he'll be disappointed but in the long run it's a better anecdote yeah, yes you true. know um, and my second one, I've got uh, Richard Keys this morning. You'd say um, no more. Yeah, from the Gray and Key show. On Keys to the Moo Moo. B- yeah, nice. Um, so he said this on his show. He said, uh, I can exclusively reveal, exclusively mm. reveal. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. That Tottenham's new stadium will be called the Nike Stadium. Mm. And literally less than an hour later, Spurs fully denied it. They can't. <laughs> They contacted him, and within 20 minutes, he had to apologize on the same episode on air. <laughs> really? <laughs> on the same episode? That is that is very efficient lawyering from yes, Tottenham. It really is. That I is. just love the fact that he said exclusively reveal. Like, his mate called him, and he went, ah, this is a scoop. I'm about to kill it here. Did, did that sound likely when he picked up the phone and like someone told him that? Like, does that sound real, yo, Richard? It's probably just Grey yeah. under the couch going, <laughs> yo, yo, they're going to call yeah, it Nike Stadium. going to be the Nike Stadium. <laughs> what an idiot. Anyways, kill me, kill me. I, I, I do more, more. <laughs> One thing where I know, Sha, Mumu not fit sleep forever. One day, Mumu go wake up. Liverpool have been underwhelming in recent weeks, especially the front three, but they returned with fire this weekend. I hate you. I will be singing that for the rest of the week. I sing it every day. Well, No, you don't. I actually do. It's a good song. I wouldn't be surprised if you It's like a shower song. Yeah, there you go. This is what Rache does. It gets stuck in his head, it's over. Yeah, and then he passes it on to everyone else. They were back with a vengeance this week against Brexit FC... Um, (laughs) the only team with no non-white players Burnley yes in in fact I do remember just going through their lineup the other day and uh, you were naming off their squad and you're just like this is just Brexit voters all over the place (laughs) yeah not very inclusive team no No, Warnock should take over very inclusive when it comes to conceding goals at Anfield (laughs) yes very much so where did that come from (laughs) they they included Liverpool goals in the result for (laughs) sure although I want to start with Burnley's goal because it was first um, and it was a massive foul of epic proportions. <laughs> Two Burnley players just absolutely wrestled Allison so he couldn't move. Yes. And then crossed the ball at him. I but, mean, hey, how was that allowed? But it was a goal off a corner kick, so... Yeah. 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 There you go. And um, Daesh had the audacity afterwards to say, oh, the wind was swirling in a, in a Klopp-esque moment. Uh, it was like, the wind swirled that ball into the goal. Well done. What anyway, see, yeah, this... this Burnley are not really having a great season. They might still go down. That would be wonderful. (laughs) Wow, really? Um, Yes. You know, they were like seventh last season. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, these things don't last. Um, But Liverpool did come back. Mane with another game-saving performance. He's been on fire for two months or so now. Two months? Excuse you. He's been on fire for like two years. Sure, sure. But like, he has stepped up uh, on his own. Like, Liverpool were playing Mm. fine as a collective. And then he kind of stood up. He's the only one that his level of performance didn't drop with the rest of the squad. Um, 
And he's done, again, brilliantly. Two goals. Um, Firmino, another two, finally. This was a return return to form for Firmino, yeah. who's struggled this season. But this was these were the kind of performances that we saw last season. The free-flowing yeah. yep. you know, goals everywhere, coming from all directions. Um, and what was interesting is that it coincided with Lalana being back. Yeah, Lalana actually yeah. had a really good hand in, I think, the first goal. A really good kind of tackle, hustling. But I, I want to just take a point out here and... I know the hipsters like to say that, well, Salah doesn't have the stats, but he's playing well. He's not playing well. Like, it's a hipster thing to say, well, if he's not, you know, because people like to say, well, you only watch for the stats. No, watch the 90 minutes. He is not playing well. The goal that Mane scored off the save from the keeper, yep. Salah's first couple of touches, like the touch right before the keeper was not good. The finish was so central. It's, it's a player with low confidence for sure. And he, you know, these are not the kind of performances that we came to expect from him last season. Um, and I don't know, we keep saying he needs to step up if Liverpool are going to do something, but if Mane keeps doing this, then maybe he's the guy for the rest of the season. Yeah. But he's really not playing well at all recently. It's interesting to think about how, you know, we've got, what, eight games left in Liverpool, at one point off the top of the table. If they had Salah of last season, yes, you'd have to think that they'd be a few points clear. They, I mean, because he, he was just so... He made such a difference in individual games. It's almost like they wished he had saved it for this season where City maybe aren't as powerful as last season, where whatever Salah did didn't seem to matter, even though he had right. one of the best individual performances in the history of the Premier League. Um, but, yeah, for this one, I don't know. Like It just felt like, again, conceding two goals to, to, um, to Burnley isn't good enough, I think, from Liverpool's perspective at Anfield, even though they are 60, 36 games unbeaten there. Um, let's let's also sorry, yeah, sorry ahead, before I move on last point just to kind of drill home that Mani Salah thing Mani has the same amount if not more goals than Salah if you take away penalties this season that's how much Mani is performing to the level or Salah is performing down whatever you want to call it Mani Mani yes uh, yeah so I mean Liverpool are unbeaten 36 games all these records Mani is playing amazing he's scoring back heels he's scoring with his nose you know <laughs> uh, blah 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 what I really want to say is Burnley's goalkeeper was horrendous. He was. Okay. And like that, the, he gifted Liverpool at least two, three goals. Um, the thing is... And th- so like this might not be like a Burnley-specific issue, but it is an England goalkeeper issue mm. because all the English goalkeepers across the league... Oh, we will get to another one. Oh, we will. Putrid like, performances. I mean, yeah. For what, 10 years now, 20 years now, whatever it is, since Seaman? Seaman and Nigel Martin era were the last time their keepers were really... And then what, Rob Green... Paul Robinson. Oh, man. Just uh, horrendous. Carson. Oh. What about uh, Neville uh, Southall? He was great, but he was a he play Welsh, I think. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> <and> B. <laughs> Sorry. That was such a good day. I'd say you don't need a B. <laughs> he was uh, Welsh. That was good. I think he's also older than Seaman and Martin and stuff. But, um, yeah, they, they haven't had top quality keepers. And Pickford, given the penalty save in the World Cup and blah, 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 seems to be a step up from what they've had. Not world-class, but a step up. But, you know... He's him, more than made up for that penalty save. I, again, before we move on, I don't want to be harsh on Heath. No, he's, Heathen, he's brilliant. He's, he's been brilliant. brilliant. It's a bad game, but last game... He, remember, he came back from being out and then he saved them that one game where they won. I can't remember what it was. He came back and had an unbelievable performance. Last season, he was possibly the best keeper in the league. Like, Heaton... Again, maybe the consistency is an issue. Yes, he's not world-class, but he's a good keeper. Yes. I would take him over Pickford. Let's just put it that yes. way. Yes. Um, anyways, how are we talking about this? What are we... Oh, yeah. Apparently gifted <laughs> Liverpool a few goals in yes. this game. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, and then uh, Liverpool then they played early in the day, so they leapfrogged Man City um, by two points, and then City played well for the home. And I think uh, is this the one where City had like a gazillion percent possession? I, isn't it always isn't it every game? No, yeah. no, but this one was particular. I mean, yeah, Watford just kind of sat back and tried to do damage limitation, the same as Bournemouth the week before. And to be fair, that's not a bad strategy because the last two games City have won, I think, have been 1-0s. Yeah. And they found it hard to break through. To be fair, and Watford almost should have had something out of this game if it wasn't for the Sterling offside goal that got the ball rolling. It was horrendously City. offside. It was I, I mean, really I, don't, offside. I don't know what's going on with some of these decisions. Like, if that was offside and my best goal in my life was called offside, that's a crime. Had to bring it up. Yeah, no, 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 same level. I think it was the same referee. What was it? Yeah, Premier yeah, League yeah. season what? 2007 Premier 14, League? 14, 2014. Oh, 14, <laughs> yeah. You just lost that on the top score of yeah. Premier League that season. My header was much better, though. Yeah, yeah to be fair. Yeah, especially that Sterling, you know, kicked it in. It wasn't offside. Yeah. The linesman was just celebrating the goal. Yeah. That's why the flex was offside. <laughs> I think no, we no, should no. talk about this more. No, no, no. <laughs> I, think, I think the fact that Sterling was offside is not anywhere he, as significant as Rochet's header in 2014. No, obviously. No. But are you past that moment yet, or are you like still really holding I mean, on to it? I didn't expect to go this deep into it, but <laughs> I mean, happy to talk about it off camera. If, uh, off camera? Oh, this is going to get... Yeah. Guys, YouTube. But, but back on the game. Yeah. Yeah. So Sterling scored a hat-trick. Did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, yeah, he scored all the goals that Manchester City scored. <laughs> Impressive, isn't it? And he now has 18 all comps for the season, which is a phenomenal return, especially if you think about what he'll be on at the end of the season, which is probably closer to 25. He's been wonderful. As you said a couple of weeks ago, I think, Mo, world-class is a reasonable category yeah. for him now. If you look at the production of wingers across Europe, he's right up there. With his age. It's also, I think, the thing with Sterling, too, for me, is the relative change in status from progress yeah just like it was severe yes absolutely like groundbreaking you know i i in a hundred years i i hated on him big time at liverpool because the hype was there and you know me anything with hype i unhype and i was like look at his touch his touch is off he kind of gets lucky bobbles i will see a walkerness to it and i just did not i need to see technique and it wasn't there and that's almost what i kind of have a little bit with mbappe but anyways Point is, I need to see technique. I don't need. I don't care about stats. And he didn't have technique, but now he does what he wants to do. His first touch, he lobs keepers. He he's got full control of a football, and that's when you're world class. Yeah, and something I find interesting to think about is how much we attribute the progress to the player and how much we attribute to the coach. Obviously, he has progressed massively under Pep Guardiola. It's not that he was bad before, but he wasn't right. nearly the same. He was young. Player. He was very, and that's the thing. He was also very young. So, how much do you attribute it to? You know, a player coming from 18, 19, 20 to 22, 23, 24, or, you know, I, I just, I, I wish there was a way of knowing, of let, finding out. Let, in this specific case, let me put it to you this way. Let's assume we do 50-50. Sure. Okay? The thing that would just sway into Pep's favor is the fact that bef- before he joined City, Pep went, this is the guy yep. that I want. Like, before he joined, this is the target. Out of everybody in the world, he went, I need Sterling there before I sign. Like... That just, how do you kind of see that vision? And Pep, you know, looking at Sterling and SAS and whatever, at 18, thinking, this is the guy that's going to lead my team. Yeah. And I think that just slightly puts it into Pep's favor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially given that documentary we just watched off Pep Guardiola, mm. uh, further embalming him in in our hearts. Yes. That make any sense? It's called Take the Ball, Pass the Ball. It's fantastic. Watch it. You you give me the ball, I give you the ball. Uh, let's quickly, quickly talk about Newcastle, Everton, and Leicester Fulham because oh, there sure. are some points. 
Um, Newcastle Everton, this is what we meant by we will be back. To Jordan Pickford. Yeah, Jordan Pickford in this game was more than horrendous. I think the point where he fumbles the catch of the cross and then takes out Rondon with both hands may be the single worst yes. goalkeeping action <laughs> I've ever season. seen in my life. I've seen some pretty bad ones, but this one was just charred into my, my head after he did. He body slammed him. And what was he saying to the ref? You like, could see his... the panic set <laughs> into Pickford's eyes yeah. the minute he drops the ball and, and he he didn't know what and, to do. And his scowling face. You could almost hear the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What a di- it, I mean, he has got get the rave on uh, written on his boots. I think he needs to get the rave off. Oh, just no. like easy oh, on man. the Red Bulls. What, uh, just calm down. It's, I, it's a shame because uh, Everton did like so well to get two 0 up in this game. Exactly, and and if it wasn't for him, I think they would have won this game because the penalty. You know, he did save it eventually. Yeah. Um, but then the two other goals, he was at least for two of them, he was at fault. The oh. third one is debatable, but like it's like. Man, I, I, and I can't stop looking at how short his arms are. I know it's a joke, <laughs> but his arms are actually really Pickford. short. Is yes, oh, yes, yeah, wow. you should check it out online. It's a whole meme and everything. Like his arms are so short compared to his body. It's like a velociraptor. It's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, um, so how do you bring the ball back into play at Anfield earlier this season? That was heroic. Very special. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was, actually kind of did it again today with the with the, was it the third goal it, with Almiron's shot that he palmed. Instead of palming it over the bar, he palmed yes. it back down into the path of Ayazi yeah. Perez. Yeah. Unreal talent. I could do better. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that we compare all Premier League actions to Roche's like, current ability. And that, that <laughs> yeah. is the standard. No, yeah. no, no. Fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure Mo, you could do better as well. And Alex, you too. Wait, you better too. than who? You or Pickford? Pickford. Oh, okay. No, that, that, that wouldn't for agree that on moment. you in that moment for, sure. for that sure. moment. with the ball coming right at you even if you didn't do anything it would just hit your head I feel like yeah I yeah. feel like he would touch it up high a little yeah. bit yeah I, you know what it's fair to say we would have done better <laughs> yes yes um, Leicester did beat Fulham 3-1 um, this, this is, is a good game this is Brendan Rodgers second game in char- charge first Leicester, game yeah they lost their first game under him under tragic circumstances like the choir was singing mm-hmm. I made that up uh, but basically, Vardy with the 100 goals, Tielemans with his first well, 101 goal. 101 now, no? 101 now. He scored his game. Yeah. The, the, the touching moment was when he, he squared it to Tielemans when he was on 99. It was yeah, a he touch. could have finished it himself, but and it was the unselfish thing to do. And then Tielemans ended that defender's career by not kicking it first touch. <laughs> oh, and you should see the defender. He was like, I don't know what he was doing, but he didn't even look back to see if Tielemans was scoring. Yeah, like, oh, that's Saul Campbell, Saul Campbell off the screen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I just want to mention that about Vardy, which is that I've noticed... That he is not only unselfish in that he will lay passes off if he thinks someone else is in a better position, but I've noticed too that when someone is in a good position to pass to him and doesn't take that option, has a shot, messes it up or whatever, you never see him have a go at them. He's right. always supportive of his teammates. And that is surprising to me given the character we think Jamie Vardy right. is. Also, with his Red Bulls. With his Red Bulls and his racism. and you know. I think it's also... That showed with Mahrez too in that mm. winning season. They had an unselfish partnership. Yeah. And even though Mahrez was... I remember he was on that 10-game streak or whatever and or something and he gave a penalty to Mahrez. Like there was, he seems to have that in him, but he's also just a good player. Yeah. Oh, he oh, has all the physical attributes yeah. and he's quick, he's fast, his movement is sharp. And he can finish. Yes. He can finish. But this Leicester squad also a tragedy this season. You know, they had a miracle when they won the league. They were a tight-knit community when they did that. They had a tragedy this season when the owner died. Yeah. It's brought them closer. Yeah. And now they have a new teammate, so welcome to the well, team. Well, they have a new manager, and, you know, I... I, I, I like Leicester. I'd be yeah. curious to see how Brendan Rodgers does. 
Me too, and I'm also curious to see how they spend the summer. I'm not like curious. If they, if they push the boat out, you know? Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, I'm not curious to see his post-match interviews or his pre-match interviews. No, so boring, no. Eh? Yes. If we can avoid Roger's personality and just see the result on the pitch, that yeah. would be nice. Complete robot. That's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. Fraud. <laughs> this week <laughs> on Fraud or Goat, Wanda Nara... <laughs> I thought this was football players. It's close enough. Okay. Agents. Yes. Or people on the periphery. Wives. Wags. <laughs> agents. Wondanora, yes. for, for anyone who doesn't know, I can't imagine there are many of you, but uh, she is the current wife, for now, of Mauro Icardi, Inter Milan, and like, Argentina's striker. We need to check that. And live. His, yeah, yeah, yeah. And his manager. Yeah. And his, his agent, agent yes. By the time this comes out, you might want to check all these facts. Yeah. They change on a, that hourly basis. Exactly. It might be Brozovic's wife and manager by the time <laughs> this, this gets out. That's true. She is famous, or initially became famous, because she used to be married to Maxi Lopez, who was a teammate of Icardi's at Sampdoria. They're both Argentinian, so when the young Icardi came over to Serie A, uh, Maxi Lopez took him in, both yeah. former Barcelona players, let Literally. him stay at his house, mm-hmm. uh, gave him support, and... That's where it all went down. And the and absolute then, goat in Wanda. She saw her chance. Absolute stone-cold killer striker. <laughs> she looked up and she went, Maxi Lopez is a bum. Yep. He makes no money. Yep. He's not in the squad. He's useless. And his stupid fohawk thing that he has. <laughs> I'm going to go with the big dog. <laughs> she literally thought... I need a strike partner. And yep. she went with the best. She went with Icardi. She took him. She married him. She has kids with him. He has a tattoo of her. He has a tattoo of the kids. Yes. Maxi Lopez's kids. <laughs> yeah. That's and you know fucking... she talked him into that. Oh, I mean... Is that would... goat status that she made him do that? She's goat. I she mean... Absolute goat. What is the argument for her goatness? She gets... What she everything wants. Everything she wants. Yeah. She messed up careers and lives and she she always ends up on top what she about always, the children oh she always ends up on top she yeah i mean <laughs> yeah likely yeah and i can't see how she can be a fraud she can't i mean fraudulent I mean, only from like a human hum, human level I but that's for that's for a week <laughs> well a fraud because she's been called out recently by all the uh negotiating parties for icardi's new contract because she's been trying to pull a little too many cards. yes Yes, yes, I think she uh, she she played too much there. I mean, she's she, been on Italian TV recently, being being uh, told off by Antonio Cassano. Now, when he starts telling you off, you know things are bad. Listen, she's an absolute goal for turning herself into like the Italian Kim Kardashian. Okay, she, slash slash like Jorge Mendez. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> she's a two in one. Yes. She is a two in one. Oh, Multi purpose. Can you imagine if like Kim Kardashian was like Ronaldo's agent as well? Right. That is Wanda. Absolute right. goal. <laughs> Just killing it. But a fraud for ruining lives. Unreal career. Maxi Lopez literally has never recovered. No, he's never seen his kids either. Well, he's still alive for now. Well, yeah. I mean, she didn't kill him. No, but that's the next stage. She she killed part of him. That's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. Fraud. (laughs) La Liga time. Um, We did talk about Zidane, obviously, Mm. a lot. Um, But Real Madrid did... Um, win 4-1 obviously before his appointment you know he didn't have that instant of an effect is it 
should they have waited for them to lose before sacking uh, Solari, or is it kind of funny that they sacked him after winning 4-1? Well, it's almost like in the Premier League where they always hire the new guy after the tough game. Yeah. And they have easier yeah. ones. Like, you're never going to hire them versus City. It's like, let the old guy take the brunt of this, because he's going anyways. But it's a nice way of saying goodbye to Solari. You know, give him a swan song. Mm-hmm. Fair. 4-1-1. Um, is he a manager now? Will he get another no. job, or is he no. just going to go back into the reserve team? Has anyone actually seen the article that said he was sacked? Because it seems like all I've seen is just Zidane, Zidane being pointed. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Solari hasn't been sacked. Right? Right. Li- yeah. They're working together. Yeah. He's like, can I just keep my salary? He's also yeah. a manager. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, um, Benzema scored two here. Um, and, you know, I don't really want else to say about this game. It's just nothing yeah. really happened. No. Yeah, it was pretty standard, really. I mean, if Madrid, I mean, if everything was going fine and they won this game 4-1... Yeah, we wouldn't be talking yeah. about it, yeah. And they, everything is shit and they won this game 4-1 and there's still nothing to say. Sometimes it's shit, sometimes it's good. Yeah. Um, they, they are still third. Sure, you know, it's, it's not, not the end of the it's world. It's not horrendous. It's just that being third, there's still 12 points behind Barcelona. But it's the circus around Madrid yeah. that makes everything way worse than it, it is. is. It, it is what it is. Um, Sevilla beat uh, Real Sociedad 5-2 and this was funny because Sevilla Twitter... Um, had this, you know, they're, they're one of the cool Twitter accounts and they had this kind of summoning of, you know, asking for a wish and the wish was Ben Yedder hat-trick and then it happened. So obviously now all the other cool, you know, the Romas and the Bayern Leverkusens are also using it, right. you know, for, yeah. for stuff. I like Ben Yedder a lot. I think he's a very wasn't, good wasn't striker. He, wasn't he supposed to get a move and like there was a lot of talk and he was supposed to be like a big thing and I don't know I, I think this is his level he's I just doing think well. he does very well his record especially in European competitions he scores every time he plays well yeah. Sevilla's record in European well, competitions is... also there was I mean we were slagging off on English goalkeepers earlier but there was a goalkeeping move in this game where all of a sudden a goalkeeper appeared at the 45 yard mark mm. and he was rounded and the ball was passed into the goal oh yeah Hieronimo Rulli was just unruly in this city. I mean, he. I don't know yeah. why he was he so was, far like out. Like, he was outside the D. You know the box in the D? Yeah, yeah the D, he yeah. Was, he was past that for about 10 45 yards. meters outside the D. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. 40? No, 40. no, no. He was 45 meters outside of the goal. Uh, like, but, but, like, way past the D. As well. Way I'm, past I'm the D. I'm glad we're glad we're sorting this Like, out. do you know where on the field he was now? Yeah, see where the D is? <laughs> you know... <laughs> I know what you mean. Between the center circle and the D. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes, yeah, yes. In that space. Yeah. He, he was playing between that's the where, lines. That's where he was rounded. A is rounded down or up? Okay. Can we move on, please? Yes. Microsoft Excel. Barcelona v Levante 3 1. Um, this was Roche. Uh, I remember this game yes. fondly because uh, Levante won, went 1 0 up. What a goal. What a goal. Yes. <laughs> so great. Let, let's give it. Yes. Question. <laughs> I, I, this is my ignorance, but I didn't realize that Levante played in, in uh, River Plate's kit. Yeah, pretty much the diagonal red, right? It's gorgeous. I like yeah. it. It's just yeah. no, I knew plagiarism. That. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah it really is. Um, Frauds. <laughs> so Levante scored 1 0. And then obviously the second the goal went in, I get Richet texting me going, Where's your goat now? Okay. I did see Wh- that. What's next? Now- no, no, let me finish. And then you can have your moment to I'm defend yourself, oh, okay. to defend your yes. mumuness okay, and your fraudness. Yes, yes, and he yes, went, yes. Where is your goat now? Because I do that every time. Another team, you know, whatever, yes, Dybala yes, yes, yes. or something or whatever. And then literally, as we were arguing back and forth, <laughs> Messi, back and gets, forth. Messi gets an assist. And then 20 minutes later, gets a goal. I'm like, Speak up, son. 
Yes. Speak up. How dare you say that against Messi? Have you we not learned anything? Have you but, no respect? But this, is, this is exactly what I wanted. I want. I knew Messi was yeah. going to do this thing. Reshape plays for. I just wanted reactions. the thread was too quiet, and I wanted Mahana to, to do something. Yeah. yeah, and it seemed to have worked. Yeah, because I've said it in the past too. I was like, "Where was Messi?" And this that time I was serious. Uh, I was like, "Where's Messi?" And then he scored two goals and came back and they won. You can count on me getting rowdy on the thread as much as you can count on Messi getting a goal. So we both played it perfectly there. Congratulations to both of you. Thank Hold you. on a second. Hetafi, uh, uh, what's it called? Cemented their fourth place spot. It's getting ridiculous. Although the thing is that Alaves are after them in the table by three points. Um, More dangerously though, Sevilla and Valencia with a point behind. Yes, but all season they've been struggling to make up this gap. If Hetafi actually finish in the top four, I mean, this is going to be an yeah. unbelievable story. Yeah. No, I know. It's uh, who would have, you know. Who would have put money on that at the beginning of the season? Absolutely no one. Um, and Atleti beat Leganes 1-0. Um, again, I think it was Griezmann, if I'm not mistaken. Always. Was it? Always. Yeah, yeah always. He's, he's fantastic. I mean, sometimes it's Koke. Yeah. Actually, so- actually, it was Saul. Sorry, I'm just thinking about <laughs> that. I'm pretty Saul. sure it was Saul. I think, it, I think Saul just celebrated like his however many year at the club, starting as a youth player, etc., etc. He's like been there was, forever. He really has. Yeah. He scored like I- one good goal. <laughs> the one against Bayern Munich in the Champions League. No, he scored a number of like brilliant Champions League goals. I, I can't decide whether I want him to stay or leave. At this point, stay. I, At this I point. mean, yeah, it suits him and what have you, but yeah. I, he's so good and I just want to see more of him. Well, it just seems like way too many players stay at... at like, way too many people stay at Leti. Simeone, uh, Saul... Koke, uh, Griezmann, like they're just staying because Atleti used to have this thing about where they you know, would sell these people off like a Porto, like a whatever, but yeah. now they almost just seem to keep everyone. Well, imagine, would you want to walk into Simeone's office knowing that he <laughs> didn't want you to go and, and like request that move? Yeah. Because no, I, I would not want to do it. I don't yeah. think it's, And then he just you know turns around, right grabs his balls and just like, <laughs> all right, sorry, Simeone, I'm, I'm going to reconsider. <laughs> as long as he's grabbing his own balls, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, unlike, unlike, unlike someone else who retired uh, this week. Ah, <laughs> uh, Louis Big Louis Van Hall. Actually, yeah. he was grabbing his own balls. He was? Yeah. yeah. It's just part of his Sheikh Meshachism. Yeah. yeah. Did he, didn't he grab and say, I want to see some balls? Yeah. Yeah, he's crazy. Famously. He's crazy. Uh, man, still nothing beats when he play acted oh, on the touchline yes. in front of that. He was literally underneath. The fourth official didn't know. Yeah. You know when you're stunned into, yeah. like, I'm not sure how yeah. to act here. The fourth official had never seen anything. The like crowd it. erupted like it was a goal. It was wonderful. I mean, actually, Young clearly took inspiration. It was, I, it was, it was so it, good. It was fantastic. One of the all-time Premier League moments. And then they signed Sanchez. I mean. Yeah. Sure, sure. Right sure, after. Shortly there. Right after they called him. It was a few seasons. Yes, it was. But that was the player being targeted. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that pretty much covers it for Spain. Um, uh, Want to talk about TFC quickly? No. I mean, there's not much to say. They, they, they play against New England on March 17th. That's yeah, their a next huge game. Gap. There's a massive gap. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Oh, I do want to touch very quickly on Atlanta United. Uh, Frank De Boer, Fraud De Boer. Frank Defraud, Frank Depor. however you want to do it, yeah. he's awful. They they drew at home to to FC Cincinnati, who if you don't know are a brand new team. Well, that, if you don't know, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's why um, uh, they, they didn't exist until. Also, recently. you said they they were knocked out of the Concacaf Champions. Yeah, League? I think they did badly in the Champions League as well. Like it's it's well, that, going... that's the game that they couldn't play at home because of the monster truck event. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, monster previous, truck. Previous movement. Monster truck. Exactly. Frank De Boer. 
and the Atlanta United. <laughs> and then he just come out and start like rolling up the hills. You're Atlanta United. Yeah. You should have seen that one goal highlight. He's like, from 25! Oh, no, and then I like the fact that you're Atlanta United. It's like, no, not uh, this season, mate. Yeah, Bring yeah, me I'm, back my old Atlanta United. Yeah, we want our Atlanta United yeah. back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the one season that we played football, I want that back. <laughs> anyway, uh, it, if he gets sacked from this job, I, surely it's over. You can't. Fa- I mean, well, unless he gets Ranieri's agent. Have you seen Allardyce and Tony Pulis? Where's uh, Lopetegui and uh, Solari going? You know what? Doesn't have bad shots. What to Atlanta United? Just like you know, European kind of managers, hipster choices. Not bad. I've heard. I mean, don't disagree. Lopetegui allegedly has been learning English. Hmm. Sure. Everton at best. <laughs> Everton at <laughs> yeah. best. Anyway, I think that'll do for this week. We will catch you again next week. Are there any Champions Leagues in midweek? Yeah, Juve, yeah, Atleti, etc. Right, all that stuff's happening. Europa League, of course, the best, the best league in the world. Can Arsenal turn it around against Rennes? Turn it around. Yeah. Can, or can Probably, 2-0. Yeah, they can, they can do it. Or can they run away with it? Hey, <laughs> I don't want to run away from this now. Let's go. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh, and for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. Koshcast.